This is Ashley Hodge with the Sikkim 365 podcast coming to you after Baylor's 107 to 48 win over Mississippi Valley State. A good win for the Bears tonight after two straight losses in road environments. Uh, let's let's not kid ourselves; those were definitely road environments in um, Michigan, and then in New York City, there was a really good contingent of Baylor fans there. But uh, the Bears were playing in a hostile environment. Duke really fills that place up. Uh, so it was a good win, good bounce back. All right, Larry Gatewood's joining me here for this podcast. Uh, Larry, now I know you didn't play any of your games in Farrell Center. You, you played all your games at Mars McLean, right? We played we played one game at, in Rain of Mars. But oh, you did? Oh, I was I was trying to be funny. I, I thought after 1953 they played all the games in the heart of Texas, but they did play they did play a game in, in Mars while you were there, huh? We played one game there, and the rest were at the heart of Texas. Okay, yeah. So I, I know this wasn't your gym, but uh, it, it has given Baylor fans quite a few good memories over the years. Um, you know, obviously a place where we won a national championship a couple years ago, not at that at that location, but we won all our games that year, which was fun, and uh, had some long winning streaks, beat a lot of good teams there, lots of top ten wins for Scott Drew. All right, so were you listening closely tonight? Do you know who the first person who scored a bucket in, in uh, the Farrell Center was? No, who? Julius Denton. So who? Night, Julius Denton, 1988. Good player. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he played football also. That's a little-known fact about him. I think, I think you know, for Gene Iba, I want to say he averaged like 13 a game, rebounder, got some assists. He went out for the football team and, and played wide receiver as well. Uh, do you know who the last person who scored a bucket in, in the Farrell Center was? No. <laughs> Mira Little. He was he was okay. one of 19 threes on the night tonight, which was a uh, school record, uh, or at least a Farrell Center record. So that's the most threes made by a Baylor team in a game. So uh, they made 19 threes out of 30, I think. They were shooting the ball. Yeah, 19 out of 30. So they shot the ball 67%. That's also a Farrell Center record uh, to shoot 67% from the field. Free throw defense was good tonight. Uh, only four for eight for Mississippi Valley State, so that's good. What, what did you like? Did, what, what were some things that you saw that uh, caught your eye? Well, I, if, if Scott were smart, he'd have scheduled this game before we played Michigan State, oh, we, and we'd have won both those games. Ooh. You think you think the eleven day break uh, uh, layoff was, oh, was hey, an issue? Hey. Let me tell you, I've been talking to to my friends and stuff from coaching in college and high school. When when kids take finals, that it they just are out of gas mentally. Yeah, and that's the way Baylor looked is they were out of gas mentally, and uh, you know they like somebody said. So what do you think? I said it depends on what we do the first half. If we can be in the game the first half, because I felt like the second half, it kicked in, and it kicked in, but we were too far down. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think certainly you can point to that being a reason that Michigan State just, you know, completely lambasted us uh, in in Detroit. I, I don't. Do you think it had a lot to do with the Duke outcome? Yeah, absolutely. Huh. Well, I, I know that uh, Baylor has a policy that you can't have games at home during finals. They may need to reexamine that policy. I mean, it's well, yeah, you know, the, 
the thing is, I know one time when I was coaching in high school, we opened, I scheduled an easy game and I really got after my team and I had the best player in my office the next day. And I said, what's the deal with you last night? He said, coach, I, I couldn't concentrate at all. And uh, so I just felt like they were toast in the Michigan state game, but there was, it was the disappointment of playing so bad that carried over to the first 10 minutes of, of against Duke. And I feel like that's when we lost the first 10 minutes of the Duke game. Yeah. Although, I mean, you could make the argument that I don't want to go too far down this rabbit trail. I want to talk about the Farrell center tonight and looking forward, but you could make the argument that Michigan state and Duke also had finals and you know, that's, so it's an equalizer, uh, in in one sense, but but I think I think both those teams play games. You know, they didn't have the big layoff like the Bears did. Well, they they yeah, didn't have they, the eleven day layoff. They had eleven day layoff. They yeah, did. They right. had five. I think five and four. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, no, it's no, it's a good point for sure. Uh, Jacoby Walter, I mean, he he looked good tonight. I like I love the aggression. Uh, he was he was uh, you know really active. Five assists, zero turnovers. That's great. Ray J. Dennis, seven assists, one turnover. You'd love to see that. They turned it over five times in the first five minutes, I believe, but then settled down, ended up with 27 assists and nine turnovers. You know, Eve Missy didn't play. Uh, That's probably a big reason why Mississippi Valley State got over 40. They ended up with 48 points. If Eve is there, that, that dramatically changes their good looks around the rim. What, what's well, going on? Uh, I think, well, he, he hurt his neck in the Duke game. I remember he came out, you know, because of that. He went back in the game, but uh, I, th- I think he strained his neck. and it, I, it, I'm sure it's just precautionary. You know, I'm, I'm sure they just decided, hey, it's not worth the risk to, to play him in this game. Uh, Josh gets the start. He ends up with seven points, three rebounds. He's gone. This, is, uh, this was game number 12 for him, and he's only blocked one shot on the year. What's going on there? Do you do you have any comments on that? Uh, you may, you know the thing. He's still a young player, and he's just a sophomore. Yeah. Yes. You know, uh, it, it's it's learning to fit in, and I know when I was coaching in college, we felt like if we got a big guy, we develop him for two years, and then we get him for three years, and he's still. Be, uh, develop. I, I I would guess he is probably young. Is he young? Uh, I mean, I think he's. I I'll have to go and look look at the ages. I I don't know. I'm I'm gonna look and see if Ken Palm has that information about their ages. Sometimes they do. Uh, no, they don't. Um. I I think he is. No, it's, it says his birth. It says he's born in. Now, let's see if they have his birthday here. This is compelling radio. Well, the other reason that we lost no, is, they don't. is we heard that you lost your Ken Palm report and you weren't <laughs> be able to fun- you weren't able to function up there. <laughs> yeah, I do I do rely on Ken Palm. Not as not as, as as much as some on our website though. Good grief. Um yeah, I think uh, I think I wanna say he's twenty. I, I, I don't think he's a young sophomore. But I'd have to do some research on that. And and Jada Nunn, I, I was talking with somebody about this today. I think Jada Nunn is a, is a pretty young junior. I think he might have just turned 20. 
Um, so I, I, I think, you know, he's a little bit on the young side, and I think Josh is just kind of a normal normal age for, for a sophomore. You know, I think he's he's maybe already turned 20. Because yeah, a, a lot of these kids are coming to school with an extra year now, a prep year, and so they're already 19 by the time they come to Baylor. Well, the thing about when you think that we start two freshmen and two grad transfers and one starter from last year, it takes a while to get in the group. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think this team still has, and you may disagree, or you may agree, I, I think they still have national championship caliber potential. I mean, you know, Eve, a lot of it's going to depend on how great he becomes the rest of the year. Um, I would argue that you want to play him 30 minutes a game based on what we've seen the first 12 games. And, you know, he's just he just has potential to be a double-double machine, blocking three shots a game. I mean, you know, he, he could really be a huge difference maker inside if he can avoid fouls. Well, I fouls. told people today, he need, if he scores, if he can average 17 for the rest of the season, it's going to open up a whole lot of openings for a lot of guys. Right. That's a big number based on the way Baylor plays. I mean, they share. You know, they have. They always have like you know five or six guys in double figures. Share the ball so much, but yeah, I mean, it's it's possible. Like you know, Drew shortens his rotation once conference play comes. You know, so. yeah, but we shared the ball. You know, uh, Duke had to have that special timeout because their legs hurt from shooting so many layups. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a whole another issue. We we yeah we got to do a better job of communicating or stopping the ball that's for sure, uh, you know I think we'll we'll see because we got Big Twelve competition coming up, and I mean you know the Big Twelve is an interesting league you know I Oklahoma State may be a team we can we can you know beat them there West Virginia we play on the road they they don't look very good but they've got some reinforcements coming you know some some surprises you know Oklahoma. Looks strong. Kansas is struggling right now with Yale. Yale's up 39-38. Uh, Yale's only 7-5. and five. Very very well-coached team. But uh, I don't know how good Kansas is. Houston looks pretty good. Uh, BYU. I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting grind in the Big 12, as it always is. But uh, I think Baylor's right there. I mean, I think Baylor can can win this league. Well, the other thing is, is Kansas is, is playing tournament good. Okay, maybe yeah. not this tonight, but tournament good. It's hard to play that way the whole season, and they're so dependent on those three kids. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bill Self's a great coach. He'll probably have some things up his sleeve. You know, he's he he, he does it. You know, with cheating, he does it without cheating. You know, he's 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 just a well-rounded um, you know coach, I think. But uh, you know, I think I I I would say that. Um, you know, the Bears uh, have the depth that they can really, you know, match up over a long conference season. You know, it, it takes depth, you know, to, to win the league, and you're going to well, have some injuries. And and, and we've got to be, you know, more mentally – more tougher. Right. Tougher. We've got to be tougher. Yeah, no question. But, you know, hey, it's a whole – you know, it's a whole new group put together. Right. You know. What do you – so – we're almost at the end of the non-conference. What has been above your expectations? What's been below your expectations? And then I'll, then I'll share some thoughts on, you know, what, what I've seen so far this year. Well, you know, 
it, they've been fun to watch. There's yeah. no doubt about that. And uh, I think the the I'm not saying this is a disappointment. This is something that would just enhance our value a great deal. If Jacoby, if he got where he was scoring more points, and and because he'll hit two or three early threes, and then he's kind of not there, and uh, the consistency there, and uh, but you know as far as disappointing, you know, I haven't been disappointed, uh, you know, in in the way they play. In fact, you know those last two games. I, I felt like going in, we'd lose one of them, but we'd win one. But, you know, the they – I don't have any. What are yours? Well, I no, I thought we'd be 10-2 and two at this point in the season. I, I okay. thought we would split the Auburn-Florida games. I thought Seton Hall was a potential if we were asleep. You know, we might lose to them, but we, we took care of business against them. And then I thought we would split Michigan and Duke, Michigan State and Duke. Um, so, you know, losing both of those was disappointing, but I also didn't expect us to win both Auburn and Florida. Uh, so, so that you know, that I, that's right where we I thought we would be. I thought we'd have some growing pains because of all the new pieces. And then I thought we'd get, you know, significantly better as we, as we look towards March just because of uh, Jacoby and Eve's uh, upside, Mira Little, you know, some of your younger players, even even like a Jaden Nunn, who's a young junior, uh, Langston Love, who's been injured. You know, Langston's played way better than I expected this early in the season. I, I think he's been terrific. And, you know, he's, he's had a few games where he's, you know, struggled with the shot a little bit. But overall, he's been tremendous and, and playing a lot better defense than I expected from him. The turnovers are, are a disappointment. You know, I, I thought Ray J would do a much better job taking care of the basketball. And uh, that's got to improve in the second half of the year. You know, he's, well, he had never played this kind of defense, especially against the people that get on you and get their hands. Yeah, and you know, he, he you know, he, he threw those two lobs early to Messi, and and he he turned and looked at him like he was crazy, and then he tried. I thought he was Patrick Mahomes on one of the fast breaks, going down, slinging a sidearm, <laughs> left-handed you know, pass to somebody cut to the basket, but you wish, you wish that kid had another year because he'd be twice as good next year than he is this year. Yeah, no, he's, he, I mean, for sure. I mean, he's, he's really skilled and I, and I think those turnovers will really start to cut down as, as the season goes along. Uh, and, and some of the turnovers I'm okay with, you know, he's, he's just trying to make basketball plays, but, you know, he has a tendency to over dribble and, and, you know, get deep in the lane and, you know, make passes that get deflected. Uh, so, so hopefully that becomes less and less as the season goes along, you know, and I think I would say, I really did expect Josh uh, to be a better, I mean, more consistent rebounder. He's, he's, he's done well in his role. I'm I'm not down on what I've seen from him. But you know, to only have one block shot on the year, that's a little disappointing. And then, and then, you know, to be, um, he needs to rebound. I think at a much higher rate. You know, he's not he's not as proficient of a rebounder as I expected. Uh, you know, those are just some thoughts. Jalen Bridges hasn't rebounded as well as I've expected him to. Is either 
he's played really well on the offensive. Uh, you know, overall, his game's been great offensively. He's a solid defender. He's making like 46% of his threes. You'll take that all day long. I mean, we've shot the three like incredible. Like, you know, we're 47% in, in games. They, Ken Palm excludes the John Brown game because it's a Division two game. But in Division one games, we're 47%. That's unbelievable. Number one in the nation in that area. Uh, so we, we've been tremendous on, you know, three-point shots. Defensively, I was hoping we'd be better. You know, I, I think there's still room where we could take a big leap. You know, it, obviously the Michigan State game is the is the huge outlier there where we just were terrible defensively. Uh, not great against Duke, but they're they're good. You know, they're it's it's tough to keep them under 80, and we did that. You know, so if our offense was as good as, you know, it has been most nights, we probably – beat Duke, uh, but, uh, you know, Michigan State, we just... Well, there's a couple of things that I'd like to see happen. Am I allowed to say that? Oh, of course. Okay. Is play uh, Jacoby at the high post and play him at the free throw line, let him square up and do his business. Yep. Because he's he's closer to the basket and he, can, he needs to get more free throws and he'll get fouled more. Right. And then you talk about... You know, the three-point shooting is – the other coaches know that too, and they're trying to make us dare us to, to shoot mid-range. score other ways. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think we necessarily have the other way yet. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, D'Antoine's played well. I, I, I got to give him his props. I'm, I, I totally trust him in the game. You know, I, I think he's – been real steady with the basketball, made good decisions. Who's that? D'Antoine Grimes. Oh, I love that kid. Yeah. Oh. Plays yeah, hard. Yeah. Plays good He's defense. Tough. Yeah. He's tough. Yeah. yeah, I think I mean he may be hard to keep out of the lineup as as the season goes along. I mean, he's playing in good spots where he's coming in, you know, I mean, it's, it's harder to be a starter and play big minutes like Ray J Dennis is doing and even Jada Nunn. Uh, but those are the two that, you know, you just look at the turnovers and they've got it. Those two have to cut the turnovers down. Uh, you know, I, I mean, but I think if, if you can get uh, their turnovers at a much lower level, you know, cut them in half per game, really, then I think we're going to take care of the basketball a lot better. And when we put shots up, we're pretty good because we make most of them. Or we grab the offensive rebound and we put them back. You know, so our offense is terrific. It's it's right now ranked number three and nationally. And you know, we were we've just come to expect that we're going to have great offenses with Scott Drew and John Jacobs uh, on that side of the ball. And you know, defensively, I I you know I think we we will get better. I I you know I know these coaches know that we have to be, you know, playing a lot better defense in, in conference play to, to reach the goals that we need to reach. But, uh, hey, you know, those are my thoughts. And, I mean, I'm overall I'm, I'm pretty happy with what we've seen so far this year. I, I think all Baylor fans kind of have a bad taste in their mouth right now just because of the two losses to Michigan State and Duke. But but if you take the bigger perspective, I think it's, it's, it's easy to say, hey, this team has kind of, you know, done exactly what we thought they would do. And uh, they got they got a, a sneaky tough game coming up with Cornell. That's not going to be an easy one. Uh, you know, watching Kansas struggle against Yale right now, and and uh, you know Cornell's rated about the same level of a team as as uh, Yale is, and you know they shoot it really well. Uh, 
they get lots of layups. They get lots of points at the rim, and uh, we we need Eve in that game because we do a really poor job of protecting the rim if Eve's not there. Although I, I want to say Jonathan Chamochacho had a couple really good contests today, including a really great block. Uh, so that was awesome to see. Well, you know, uh, Lomers is doing some really good things as far as improvement of passing, dribbling, fundamental stuff. Yeah, Caleb, he's Caleb's solid, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, and uh, and uh, he's somebody that could really be a, a big board man, you know, just given the opportunity. Right. But uh, uh, okay, we but, we have another eleven day layoff coming here no finals but cornell plays a game on saturday against colgate at home and then they turn around and play us i mean does that make you nervous at all or do you think it's different because it's no finals they've already gone through okay yeah that's a good point well what i'm saying we didn't have finals you put the finals in there if you if you go back i think it was the national championship year we got blown out at Kansas, and then we had a big layover. Yeah, and and, and then we came back, and we, it, we we didn't let that bother us, you know, and stuff. And I think the kids realize, you know, that they didn't play good after the layoff. I I I think they'll be fired up. But I want to tell you, Baylor's got a great, in, in my opinion, a great schedule for the next five or six games. Right. Right. Some home games, yeah, really, some yeah, easier yeah. road game. I mean, Oklahoma State obviously right. is a team struggling a little bit. So I, I agree with you. They they have a chance to get off to a pretty good start without right. before they really hit the gauntlet. All right. So so I have an um, interesting tidbit here. So I, I was talking. Uh, we had, had breakfast today with a fellow bear, uh, Chris, and you know Chris was saying that. Um, have you ever has there ever been a national mm-hmm. champion that got blown out like we got blown out against Michigan State? And so I did a little bit of research, and yeah, there are some examples that you can point to. Um, if you look at Kansas, for example, Kansas yeah. won the national mm-hmm. championship, and that year at home, Kentucky went there and and beat them by eighteen on their home court. Uh, so that that's that's an example. I, I was kind of surprised by this result. Um, Back in uh, 2016, Villanova won the national mm-hmm. championship, and uh, Villanova lost to Oklahoma earlier in the season, 78 to 55. So they lost by 23, and then they turned around and beat Oklahoma in the uh, Final Four, 95 to 51. That's got to be like an all timer, as far as like you know, you lose by 23. And you win by 44. I mean, that was that 67-point difference uh, between the, the two times they played Oklahoma. So that, that's pretty incredible. And they go on to win the national championship. So that, that's another example. And then I think uh, there was one other one. I think uh, UConn, uh, when Kimba Walker was there, they, they end up um, losing to Louisville that season, like 81-48. to 48. Uh, and, and they end up winning the uh, national championship 2014. That's, that was the year. So, so 2014, the Kimball Walker year, they lose to Louisville 81 to 48. And then they um, lose again to them in the, in the, uh, in, in their conference tournament. And then they, they turn around and, and, you know, end up winning the uh, national championship that year. 
six straight wins, beat Kentucky in, in the final. So, so anyway, those are some examples. It, it has been done. Um, it's not, it's not as rare as you might think it is. And, you know, to, to, for people that are saying, oh, well, you know, no national champion ever gets blown out like this. That's not true. That there are, there are some examples in the last 10 years. <laughs> Typical Baylor fans. Um, <laughs> the thing that the scary school out there, that's a little bit still unknown is Houston. Yeah. I, all right. So this has been a big topic of discussion on the message boards. Are, are you a believer in Houston? Well, the only thing they they if if you go to the Big Twelve stats, they're 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 number two in offense and number one in defense in the conference. Right. So, and, I, uh, have you seen them play? Have you watched any of their games? Yeah, I, I've watched. I haven't watched any start to finish. But, right. But uh, where where they're they put pressure on the three point line, and and. and if people stop us on the three-point line and you can throw it to Messi and he can still score, then that makes that makes us better. Now, they don't have anybody that's really a good scorer inside. Yeah. So, so I was I was in a there's a thread on Sikkim 365. Uh, Jared Hamby talked about how historic their defensive numbers are this year so far. I I have. I'm of the opinion that they're computer trickers, meaning that, you know, their, their stats are, are really good, but they're, they're, they're piling playing. up. Well, they're piling up big wins, like huge margins of victory right. against terrible right. competition. Now, now they have played a couple good teams. I mean, they, they played uh, Utah, which is a solid team, beat them by 10. That game was close. I, I watched a, a lot of that game. I watched the whole uh, game against Xavier and they ended up uh, beating Xavier by six points. That was on the road, so that that's an impressive win. That's not easy to go there and win that game. Uh, but I, I thought Xavier just really blew it. I mean, they they were they just played such stupid basketball down the stretch and and made you know just bonehead plays, took terrible shots. I mean, I thought I thought Xavier should have won that game. Xavier is a four and four team, so they're. Or, or maybe no, they're better. The, the record's there. Six and six, six and six. So I mean, they're they're an average team that's you know been taking their lumps. You know, lost to Oakland. You know, in Michigan. You know, the, the one that's in Michigan. Uh, Delaware beat them. I mean, so that, that's not a good basketball team. Is my point. Um, you know, so I, I I I don't. I mean, it was it was a road win, but but against a pretty average team. And then they did beat A and M. You know, I got, I give them their props there. I think A and M solid. Uh, so they beat them on a neutral site by four. I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical. You know, that's a pretty weak schedule overall. And, you know, we'll see. They gotta go on the road to Iowa State January ninth. If they come if they come out and win that game, then I'll be a believer. But uh Well well the thing about it, when you've got a big win streak like they've got in Baylor too, Baylor just had theirs blown. You get complacent. It affects you. Yeah. It affects you. Yeah. It affects you. Right. And uh Maybe their balloon will pop. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I mean they'll they'll be fourteen and zero. They got Penn and they got uh, West Virginia at home, so I don't think either either one of those teams is going to beat them. So they'll probably be fourteen and zero before they hit the road to go go to Iowa State. But that's that's going to be an environment that they're not used to. I mean, you know, it, it's hard to get. I mean, they, they had some big wins last year, but um, 
you're playing in the American Athletic Conference. It's it's just no comparison. I mean, to playing in the, in the Big Twelve night after night, and I think I think it's going to be an adjustment. I, I I say they don't finish in the top two of the league. I think it's going to be Kansas and Baylor at the end of the day. Kansas and Baylor. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe their 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 schedule. You made a good point there. Maybe their schedule was. Uh, equal to playing in the American Athletic Conference. Right. Maybe that was a schedule like American Athletic Conference versus playing some other, you know, other top dogs. Oh, I, you know, I think Kelvin Sampson did it that way, you know, because he knew how brutal the Big 12 season is going to be, you know, uh, this year or any year. Uh, so he, he decided to go a little lighter on the non-conference schedule than he normally would, you know, as a result. I, well, I tell you, I watched – this is not part of Baylor, but I watched the Arizona last night or yeah. the, the night before, and, God, they're wild and crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they, they definitely uh, play an exciting brand of basketball. I mean, that's the thing. You know, I, I think – Arizona, like even even with Baylor's struggles here, I, I mentioned this on a podcast, I think, with Kendall. If you ask me, would you take Arizona, Purdue, Connecticut, Baylor, you know, I might throw in Marquette in that in that discussion. Uh, would you take that those five teams or the field to win a national championship? And I would take those five teams. You know, I think I think well, Arizona, Arizona, and Purdue are a lot of like. Right. They 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 haven't shown in the last several years that they can win big playoff. True. Games. True. And we know Connecticut can, and Connecticut's got depth. I mean, they you well, know they've gotten they've gotten beat twice. Yeah, so and maybe three times. Just twice. Know. Yeah, they're ten and two. They uh, Kansas beat them by four at Allen Fieldhouse. And then Seton Hall just, you know, trucked them pretty good by 15 the other night. But they've got some good wins. You know, they, they beat North Carolina. Uh, they beat they beat Gonzaga pretty handily. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think, I, I think that those teams seem constructed, including Baylor, to win a national championship. I mean, obviously Kansas would be one of the favorites to do it. Duke will be one of the favorites to do it. And, I mean, those, those teams could win it, but uh, – I mean, to win six games in a row, you have to kind of look at a variety of factors, and and I, I think Baylor has the formula to do it. And and you know, I just it's they're going to have their youth is going to have to grow up quickly, and and uh, I think it will. Well, hey, I just hope that we uh, can quit giving up a lot of layups. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an issue, and. Uh, you know, I think you know you, you need the more minutes you play Eve, the the less <laughs> of an issue it's going to be because because he's really good at, at you know protecting the rim and and uh, it's it's a little harder to get layups against him. But uh, yeah, well, I agree the, with you. The sad part that seven minute stretch uh, to Baylor fans that won him a number one draft choice. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's the expectation is that, you know, he was playing well enough to be one and done. We'll see how the season goes. I mean, it's, you know, I, I hate to – people that are projected to be one and dones 
in December, sometimes they struggle in conference, you know, especially when you get scouted, you know, these, these coaches are so good. They, they really can hone in on your weaknesses and, and, uh, exploit you. Um, so we'll see, but, but he looks, he looks the part. Jacoby looks the part. No, no question about it, but, uh, they, they got to put it on paper. They got to put it on paper consistently. So, well, the only thing, the difference between Jacoby and Messi, Messi plays with, with a scowl on his face. Yeah. Jacob, Jacoby doesn't. And, yeah. and, uh, I think Jacoby's, know, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, Jacoby's a super, I wish he played bigger. You know, yeah, or just, I mean, yeah, he's, I think, I think I'm, 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 I'm really big on Jacoby. I I think I'll, I mean, I love Keontae George as, you know, glad he came to Baylor. I think he's a great ambassador for the school. He's going to be a great pro already having success, you know, but I, I I mean, I, I don't know. I think Jacoby's got a little something different to him than, than Keontae had, especially on the defensive end. No, no. Well, What's his name? What what was the name? The Keontae. Keontae George. He was, a, he was a big play guy. He would make two or three big time plays, and then he disappeared the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, he, he dealt with a, you know an injury, so I'm, I don't want to be too hard on him. The ankle injury after the Texas game, he played. He, he put up some really big games, and I think Jacoby will too. But uh, I mean, he has already. Auburn game was big. He played really well in the Seton Hall game. I mean, I think I think he's capable of you know multiple games where he scores twenty plus. I think Langston's capable of that too. I think Langston can really uh, you know be a, a breakout score for us against good competition. I'm not in my mind defensively. I'm not so sure that I'm not going to say any names because I don't don't want you to have to go to counseling <laughs> next week. Is no. I'm not sure that Langston shouldn't be a starter because of his defense. Oh no, he. I mean, and Jaden Nunn plays pretty good defense too. But but Langston's playing really good defense and physical. I was I was well, very impressed with the defense he played in the Duke game. He he, he just. He plays with an edge. Yeah, I, and, I agree. And, and we and, need him to. We need that. And we're, we're soft in a lot of areas in some of the starters. No, we, we need Jaden to play with that edge. We need Langston to play with that edge. We need Caleb to play with that edge. I mean, we, you know, I was, I was having this discussion with some guys. I mean, obviously, Mark Vidal was incredible in that area. And, you know, just the player that players just kind of feared, you know, didn't want to play against because he was such, so physical and, so relentless. Davion had that in him. But you know a guy that had that in him that never really gets credit for that? I, I remember watching him, watching him in practice, and I'm just like, I was thinking to myself, if I was a big guy, I would hate to play against this guy. And, and that's Freddie Gillespie. Who's like, that? Freddie oh, Gillespie. Gillespie. Yeah, he had sharp elbows. <laughs> he was kind of gangly, physical, relentless tough-minded, smart. I mean, he's it's just the type of player that just like beats you up. And and I I remember going to a practice um right before the year that we won the national championship. And or maybe it was the yeah, COVID was going strong that year. So I think it was it was the it was actually the 2020 year uh you know where where the you know the the, the uh Tournament got canceled, so it wasn't the national championship year, but the year before that, I went to the last practice right before the season started, 
and like Freddie Gillespie and Mark Vidal were about to come to blows. Like they, they were like, like just like so sick of playing against each other and beating each other up that like they were just like you know, even though they respected the heck out of each other, they're just like man, you know, I I can't wait to play somebody else because because you're I'm, I'm sick of your crap basically. You know, both of them felt that way. I mean, we need that. We need players like that. You know, and and I think Caleb can be that way. I think Langston can be that way. You know, I, I think Jaden Nunn has that in him. I think Jacoby has, could have that in him, too. I mean, he's... Well, you know, kids, it's real funny the way you're saying I'm going to use some psychology on you is I'll just ask you this question. When you were growing up, you had your neighborhood of guys, you know, six, seven guys yeah. that you all played baseball with and basketball, true or false? Yes, and football. And and there was there were certain players like when we would play neighborhood football games, I remember one guy in my neighborhood. I was always run away from him. I was like, I do not want to be hit by this guy. <laughs> but you knew who the best players and the worst player are, of course. But the bottom line is that isn't like somebody just gives you that honor. You everybody knows it. It's it's like an unwritten law, right? You know that guy's a tough guy. Well, I think what you were saying, I think none's that, but he's got to have the freedom from his teammates. Hey, let me be, you know, a a, a defensive bitch. Uh, pardon my friend. Yeah, online. right. But, but I think those guys are there, but they're trying to pick what they can do and what they can't because they're just all new to each other. Right. Yeah, no, I I think you're right. I you know part of that is just you know redefining the roles now that we have a lot of tape and you know we've had two really good scrimmages. We've we've had you know some big marquee non-conference games. We have a an incredible staff that knows what they're doing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm optimistic. They'll, they'll figure this stuff out. I I, th- I think it's going to be a fun season. Well, I, I did watch um, Kansas is pulling away from Yale now. You know, Talking about soft schedules, we talked about Houston. We also have to mention TCU. I, I don't know what TCU is doing. TCU actually has really good depth this year, and they scheduled so terrible. Uh, they're now 9-2, and two, and they've only played two top 100 teams, Clemson. They get beat by eight against Clemson. And then today they played Nevada in um, Hawaii, and Nevada beats them by 13. So, I mean, they've left themselves no margin for error to make the NCAA tournament. They're going to hit the Big 12 uh, season with no signature wins, you know, tons of, like, teams in the, the you know, the 300 range that they beat up on early in the season, but that's not going to impress anybody. They got to win over Arizona State, but Arizona State's not very good. They got to win over Georgetown. Georgetown's not very good. Had to beat them at the buzzer to beat them. Uh, so now they're going to hit the Big Twelve play. If they go eight and t- eight and ten, seven and eleven, they're not getting in the tournament. I don't know why Jamie Dixon scheduled so so terrible. That's it seems like a a really amateur move on his part. Well, you know the way I look at TCU is they've got a bunch of athletes. They're kind of like I've made the term before, uh, big guys. You don't want to be a big guy like six ten plus and be called an airport player, right? And 
an airport player is somebody who only looks good when he walks through an airport. Yeah. And TCU is a, I'm not cutting them down. I'm just saying they don't have glue on that team to keep the whole group together yet. Right. Their guard, their guard play is not very good. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the other one that's exactly like them. I mean, we, we've already mentioned uh, Houston who has a few good wins and TCU, who had really two opportunities and, and lost both of them. But Texas is in that same boat. Texas is no top 100 wins. Uh, they, they lose to Connecticut by 10. They lose to Marquette by 19. And, you know, they have a win against Louisville, who's awful, by one point. Uh, they, beat, they, did, they did beat LSU, but LSU's not very good. So uh, that's another one. I mean, they, they schedule terrible too. So, I mean, I, I think those are two teams that, they're going to probably finish under 500 in the big, big 12 based on what I've seen. And which means they're probably going to both be left out of the, uh, off out of the uh, NCAA tournament. Do you think Rodney Terry will be fired? They didn't want to hire him. He had a, he had a Who's good that? season last year. Rod, Rodney Terry at Texas. Do you think he'll be fired well, if he, if he you goes, know, the, the jury's still out though, but that was a tough situation for him to become the head coach and finish as good as they did. Yeah, for sure. You okay. Know, well, uh, we probably need to wrap it up because we're already over 40 minutes. I'm, I'm told that uh, these podcasts, when they're over 30 minutes, <laughs> people start okay. tuning out. Hey, Larry, thank you for doing this. Uh, wrapped up the Farrell Center with a big win tonight. Uh, was, what was the final? 107 to 48. Uh, so the Bears are now 10 and 2 on the season. Well, tell all the Baylor fans we're going to have a. Uh, Old timers game on the on the floor of the heart of Texas Coliseum <laughs> real soon, and uh, we're all going to have to wear boots, but it'll be a good game. So anyway, uh, that would we we I'd pay for admission to watch that. Uh, okay. Cornell, January second, Foster Pavilion. A new era begins in Baylor basketball. Sick right. and Bears. See you, man. Thank you. Thank you.